You're listening to the Steve's Outdoor Adventures podcast, where we talk about hunting, politics, sports, and everything in between. Now, here's your host, Steve West. Everybody, welcome to another Steve's Outdoor Adventures podcast. I'm joined here at Clark, you know, at our Lake Clark table uh, with by Travis Price from our office. And uh, Travis and I have a special guest in the, the program this week. We're going to introduce them here in a second, but you know, here we are, it's, it's late March. Um, you know, a lot of license deadlines have already come and gone. Some of them are coming soon. Yep. Um, we're in the middle of some right now. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, yeah, we've got a, we, we've got a lot to talk about tonight. Our special guest has got a lot of substance to bring to the podcast, a, a great topic. And, you know, one of the things we try to do with the podcast is educate everybody as to what's going on out there. And, you know, and, and keep you up to date so that you don't miss deadlines or opportunities to do some things uh, with us or with other people um, or on your own. And, you know, one of the things that I noticed is um, done, right? Montana, remember you came in and talked to me about the Montana yep. deadline. Had you know, We got all of our clients' applications submitted and whatnot. Yep. All that's done. Yeah. Yep. I've been meaning to research that, by the way, to see if that outfitter pool thing passed for this oh, next that's year. Right. Yep. I know Randy Newberg was against it. Obviously, we're for it because creating a pool for outfitter and guide applications is good. But um, yeah. I'd love to have some dialogue somewhere on that. And are all of our Utah Utah deadline came and went too, right? Utah came and went. Yep, Colorado's April sixth coming up. Uh, Wyoming Bison's the thirty first of March. Then you get into like the Kansas and some others that are, that are coming up. So it's like right in the smack dab of the middle of everything. Kansas whitetail hunts. I, I could see us doing some, you know, some promoting on that here real soon. Yep. I remember we talked about that earlier yep. today. Look more. Easy tags to draw off private lands area, high quality hunting. Yep. Um, yeah, for sure. You know, uh, with all these applications, I mean, we've got a lot of Colorado applications, uh, even more Wyoming applications get done. Yep. I mean, that's you and Garrett. Becky. Yep. Yeah. It's like an all, all out effort in the office. The other thing is just preference points. You know, you add preference points in addition to all the application and you're talking about hundreds. Qu- yeah. Hundreds. Quite a, quite a bit of work to get through. So. I, I mean, for years I, I did it myself. And so I know exactly what you guys are going through. I'm glad to have uh, divorced yeah, passed myself. It on to us. Yeah. Thank you, Steve. Chuck yeah. that down the line to, to, to you guys. And, yeah. I, and I'm grateful for you guys doing it. So, no, but the reality is it sets up the future and we're more than, than happy and willing to do it. Well, I mean, you buy clients preference points today and tomorrow so that two and three and four years from now, those doors are open for them so they can go on these quality trips. That's just it. You know, see something else that's happening right next door to the office. We're building, man. Yeah, building something special. Yeah. That the the building for the ammo company is almost complete. Um, At least the exterior is. Yep. Of course, it looks like the roof is getting put on right now. Half the roof is on, half of it will go up tomorrow. They think they should have it completely sheeted by tomorrow. If it doesn't snow tonight, it's supposed to snow tonight. If it snows, they can't get up yep. on the steep pitch of that roof. Weather's been a little challenging lately. Yeah, the weather's been a little bitchy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not real happy with Mother Nature at the moment. Yeah. Uh, and then upstairs, you know, that whole media house area up there. Being able to mix media house with ammo company in such a big structure is going to be awesome. It's really a big build. Anybody coming through La Grande, Oregon uh, this summer should swing in and take a tour. Yeah, well, And you were mentioning we might get a little bit of workout thing in there and oh, that, yeah. I'm really looking forward to that because <laughs> I'll use the, I'll use the shit out of that. Yeah. We'll get, we'll put a gym in the, in the downstairs yeah. and probably right across from the, the machine that's going to be making suppressors, you know, yeah. great partnership there with GPM. So yep. um, yeah, a lot of big things coming uh, this past weekend. We had a huge shooting event for everybody that asked me about the ammo company, you know, 
we're blessed to have a lot of components. We're rolling out ammo every day. Big Nick and James, they're loading ammo as fast as they can to fill these orders one by one. You put in an order, we load to fill your order. We don't just sit around with hundreds of thousands of rounds on the shelf. We load what you need as, as the orders come in. And those guys are buried. They're doing a great job. But a big challenge out there, and I'm going to talk about it in a future podcast, one of the next few episodes, mm-hmm. uh, is powders. You know, a lot of these powders, your H1000s, retumbos, yeah, all these powders that we relied on for years, they're gone and they're never coming back. Like, I've already had discussions with people at Hodgden when I say, hey, when do you think we'll see Rotumbo again? They said, uh, never. Literally, the word never came out of his and mouth. And why is that for our listeners to kind of understand? Well, and I'll talk about it in that particular podcast, you know, this one of the future podcasts coming up. But you have massive user, you know, use out there in the consumer, but that's not the problem. The, the problem is, is that these big military contracts, um, you know, they've, they've, they've taken precedence. You know, it's a DOD act, you know. They're manufacturing millions and millions and millions of rounds, hundreds of millions of rounds of ammunition for the military. And, and that takes a lot of powder and, and that is, has taken some of the, the best powders in the world off the market. Makes and, uh, you know, and, and so we've been doing a lot of that stuff. A uh, great shout out, um, to, uh, uh, Tucker Johnson and Jordan Murdoch for joining me and shooting this past weekend. Um, and then, uh, you know, probably our biggest project for 2021 is getting the word out there about far wide. Um, the far wide app is changing the way we go in the field. Um, it's replacing, um, it's replacing Onyx and base map and hunt wise. It's free. It's got all the mapping tools that you need new updates coming constantly. And far wide is a game changer. And it, once again, it's free. And so we want to get the word out there to as many people as possible about far wide and our special guest that's going to be joining us. In today's podcast is Steve Raymond, the founder of Far Wide, and there's a great story behind that and how we got connected. Um, but you know, he's got he's going to be able to tell us a lot about himself and his hunting and fishing history, yep. why he founded Far Wide, and what Far Wide's all about, and why you should download Far Wide and use it. And yep, I agree, or just use the web tools. I mean, just anything. I mean, Far Wide. It's it's everything. It's like this incredible one stop shop, and it yeah. kind of feels like a movement to me. It is, you know, and and a culture. It's not just a tool that you use when you're trying to find boundaries yeah. or whatever. It's it's so much more than that. It's a far wide online community. Yeah, and well, I'll tell you what. So we've got to hear from one of our sponsors. Take a quick commercial break here, and when we come back, we're going to introduce you to Steve Raymond, the founder, the founder of Far Wide. This segment of the Steve's Outdoor Adventures podcast is sponsored by Marathon Seat Covers. We've got you covered. All right, we're back here at the Steve's Outdoor Adventures podcast. Once again, I'm joined at the table by Travis Price from our office. And on the line, we have the founder of Far Wide, Steve Raymond. Steve, how are you doing? I'm great. How are you guys doing tonight? Fantastic. Yeah. So I heard a rumor you're down in... uh, the keys, maybe doing a little bit of bone fishing. <laughs> the rumor is true. I am actually <laughs> down here in the keys. Uh, to say that I'm bone fishing would be a little bit of an exaggeration. I, I'm mostly chasing kids, but uh, there has been there has been uh, some boat time. I can say that we've been yeah slightly successful, but for the most part, we're down here just kind of in vacation for the family, getting away a little bit in the cold weather up north. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I guess, you know, we were just talking about 
you know, far wide being like a, like a lifestyle, uh, a, a movement, a community, you know, and, and to, you know, to take, I get that, take that to the next level. I mean, it's like, look at what the founder of far wide just did. He went and got outdoors, right? Yep. It's you're outside, <laughs> you know, you, you, you didn't choose to go to New York and walk around downtown and start big, tall buildings or go to, okay. you know, the, go to France and sip wine. You chose to go to the Florida keys and go bone fishing or kid chasing or, but you're doing something outdoors, right? You know, it's interesting. It's, um, I think, I think this is kind of a movement for all of America, not just for the Raymond family. Um, we are, you know, we are out outdoors people. Um, I, I was born and raised hunting and fishing, so it comes natural for me, but you know, even my wife now at this point, um, when we talk about getting the family away from, you know, the, the regular life, it's like, Hey, let's, let's go to the keys. Let's go fish. Um, let's go to Wyoming. Let's go take them, you know, hiking, or, you know, maybe you can go scouting for your next hunting trip or something along those lines. So it's, um, but I think that in the past year, a lot of America has kind of woken up to, you know, what it means to get outside and enjoy mother nature for all she's worth. And, um, whether that's hunting, fishing, hiking, just exploring, whatever you want. Um, you know, I think there is a little bit of a movement there. We, we, we sure as we sure as heck love doing it. So yeah, we're living the, we're living the life right now. Yeah. That's awesome. Steven, you know, this is the first time that I've had a chance to kind of get with you in this kind of an atmosphere and, you know, for the listeners and for me, um, maybe just give us a little background on you, you mentioned earlier that you kind of grew up hunting and fishing and kind of give us a background of how that all started. And, um, I'd love to hear about that. And I'm sure the listeners would too. So, um, you know, I, I, I'm sure I'm probably a lot like you and, and also like Steve, like I had a father, I had uncles who, you know, growing up in small town, West Nebraska, it's what are you going to do on the weekends? Right. So I got introduced to the outdoors from the get go and hunting and fishing, especially waterfowl hunting was really key for my father. Um, he was passionate about it and that's what I grew up doing. Um, but so, you know, it was ingrained in me from, from the get go. I would say that, you know, what's important and what I love seeing right now in society is that there's a lot of young people coming back to the outdoors. Um, Mm -hmm. again, whether that's hunting or fishing, I, I think because it was ingrained in me at a young age, um, it's been able to stand the test of time. And listen, I went from living in small town, West Nebraska to, you know, working in corporate America in Silicon Valley and then in New York city. Um, I've lived overseas. I've lived in large urban jungles, but yet the thing that I've always come back to is, you know, my passions hunting, fishing, just being outside. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, it was, it's interesting because having lived in those areas, having, having grown up in a small town where you could literally jump off the back porch and go chase, um, turkeys or go to a bass pond, you know, the dynamics of how, how America has changed over the past 20, 30, 40 years, it kind of led me to far wide, um, and wanting to kind of solve for that big problem, which is, you know, a small town kid moves to the city, gets a job, but I'm now separated from my access. Um, you know, where do I go hunt? Where do I go fish? Who would the experts talk to? And this all started kind of, kind of coming together 
as the evolution of the internet and the web started to take off. And I always kind of had this idea in mind that it would be wonderful to be able to put all that information together in a, in a smart kind of system. Yep. And, you know, sat on that idea for a long, long time. And then really just started putting it together in the past couple of years, um, thinking that it would be, that it would hopefully benefit others who face some of the same challenges, you know? Um, so yeah, you know, I mean, it's, it's a, it, it's part of who we are, right? Um, it's what we do. And I, you know, no matter where you live, you want to, you want to stay close to it. Of course, yep. you know, and, and you're good friends, of course, and, and live close by to, uh, John Sullivan, of course, one of our business partners and yep. our good friends. And you guys had something in common, you know, he, Played football at Notre Dame. You played football at Nebraska. Um, although I don't yep. think you played center, yep. did you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I was, I was too smart for that. <laughs> John might think differently. Uh, what would you play? Free yeah, safety? So. You know. Uh, you know, interestingly enough, I was, I was actually an outside backer. Um, yeah, but I was basically a safety in our system, but. Um, there's no doubt about it that, that John is the smarter of, of the two of us for sure. Um, but yeah, no, I, I played, I played ball at Nebraska. Um, you know, I think Johnny and I kind of hit it off when we met each other because we were both football players, but really the, the, the strongest link between, between us and what is really, you know, um, kind of brought our friendship to where it is today is, is the fact that we're both passionate about the outdoors. Mm-hmm. We love to hunt and fish, you know? Um, that's our common ground as it is, I think for a lot of guys, right? Oh yeah. You know, birds of a feather, you know, mm-hmm. um, birds of a feather. That's yeah. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, it's what, you know, when you go to a hunting cow, I have a lot of guys who have told me over the years after they've booked a trip and gone someplace by themselves that when they were in camp, they met one or two or three other people that they've then gone on to do other trips with and develop friendships with, even if they don't live anywhere near each other. Of course, you and John live pretty close together. I mean, you guys didn't he? Yep. Uh, did he take you to campfire too? So yeah, he's he's actually responsible for helping, um, you know, bringing me into the Campfire Club of America. So, you know, we've um, which I'm super fortunate for because, you know, living in a in an urban area like that, you don't there's not many places like Campfire where you can live in an urban setting but still get out and, you know, meet guys. That, think the same way, um, shoot and have access to, to, you know, private waters, et cetera. So yeah, he, yeah, he, he brought me to campfire as well. Like outdoor um, networking, you know? Yeah. You, you get to meet other, yeah, yeah. Meet other like-minded individuals and, you know, and, well, he's, he's brought us together. Exactly. Right? He brought, you know, yeah. It's he's the ultimate, um, <laughs> connection. <laughs> he is. Yeah. He's fantastic. You know, and, and, yeah. But I mean, I, and one of these days I'm going to get out there to come see you guys in Connecticut and go visit campfire. And we'd love that. Yeah. I mean, I just, yeah, you know, we'd love that. Go out and burn some powder together and, and have a good time. Um, yeah. Don't tell him we have about 25,000 rounds of nine millimeter ammo on the floor <laughs> of the office at the moment. He'll try to, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're, 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 we're shipping that as fast as we can make it right now. But, um, but you know, and then, you know, when he brought you and I together, he's like, Hey, this guy really wants to go sheep hunting. And you, you know, that let's talk about your sheep hunt for a second that, yeah. you know, that, that 
you kind of went from zero to 110 with Steve's outdoor adventures pretty fast. Usually you guys start with like an antelope hunt or something. You're like, no, I want to get right. the grand slam of sheep, you know? And, and I thought, okay, this, this guy's <laughs> yeah, going straight to the top. Yeah. We're, this guy's a player, you know? I mean, um, you know, you, you know, you got that desire to go sheep hunting, you know, I was like, so you have a choice. You can wait 50 years to draw a tag mm -hmm. if ever. And, or you can buy a Wyoming, yeah. you know, commissioner's tag and let, you know, yeah. That that all worked out. I mean that that's a great concert conservation contribution because that money goes straight to sheep conservation, uh, with Wyoming yeah. and the and the and the sheep foundation and whatnot. Uh, you know, we got your book to go with John Porter. Tell me about that hunt. You know, you and I didn't really get a chance to talk about the hunt in detail when you got back. You got yeah. to talk to John about it. I mean, you were like, Yeah, it was cool, you know, it was a little smoky and but it, you know, and I got a ram, it was cool. But I I, I never really got the story, you know. And there's always a you story. Know, Tell me a story. Yeah. Tell me a story, Steve. I want to. I want to hear story. the sheep story. Well, I'll lay the foundation for all of this to begin with, which is, you know, I, I grew up hunting, and I've, yeah, I'm, I'm like most guys. I've been able to, to, I've been successful in on, you know, some of the basic, um, tags, if you will. The, um, the idea of a sheep hunt is the same as it is for a couple of the things that I've chased in my life, which is I'm a competitor and I've heard that sheep hunting is the ultimate physical and mental test to which I, you know, I, I'll, I'll always raise my hand and say, put me in the ring. Cause I want to, I want to test myself against the best. And with sheep hunting, you know, having no experience at all and no one really in my, you know, sphere of influence to say, here's what to expect. Um, I was left kind of with talking with John, talking with you and a couple of phone conversations with John Porter to, to kind of gauge whether or not I was ready for this. Um, and I can say unequivocally, you know, getting married, having kids, obviously the, the greatest experiences and the most influential experiences of your life outside of that, that sheep hunt, um, was hands down the the greatest experience as an individual that I've ever had. And I won two national championships playing football in Nebraska. So I've had great experiences in my life and, and fulfilling moments. And why, why do you say that, shaking, Steve? Like what caused that for you? You know, it's interesting because, and I don't, I think um, you got to have John Porter on your, on your podcast at some point, because he's as authentic as it gets, but, um, starting off and coming into that hunt and talking with John about, you know, what to expect, what to be prepared for, and then watching a professional do what he does was first of all, you know, a unique experience for me to spend, I think it was 12 to 13 days in total, um, working our butts off physically and mentally, not just glassing, but, you know, cutting trail and, you know, working our way slowly, but surely into position on, on stocks. Um, and then, you know, trying to last mentally through, you know, a dozen days of man, didn't see a, didn't see a single sheep today. Is this really going to happen? And mind you, I, when I set out to do this, I wanted to do it with a bow and 
part of that was my own. And I, and I, and I say this, I don't say this proudly, but I say it's part of my own selfish arrogance, which is I wanted to do this the hardest way possible. Um, not because I think I'm necessarily capable of it, but I like that challenge. But I will tell you, we spent 10 full days chasing him with a bow, knowing that we had to get within 75 yards or closer to make it um, a legitimate kill shot and, and, and seeing nothing that was a shooter. And through that entire time, John was always positive, always um, completely in control of every situation we were in. Um, there were times we had weather. There were times we were, you know, baking in the sun and he was steady as a rock. And so for me, the, 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 the reason it was such a great experience was to be along with someone who's, who's truly a professional, who was always in control. And I, I never once had a moment of doubt that we were going to close, close the deal. I never, I, I, I knew at some point we were going to find what we were looking for and we were going to be able to tag out. Um, and that was a hundred percent due to John. Um, he just exudes this, like, I've done this before, baby. I'm going to get it done. And we were, we got our butts kicked for, we got our butts kicked for over two, uh, you know, almost two weeks. Yeah. Um, and I think also like just waking up in the tent and being immersed deeply in, in their environment and being exhausted, but just like, you know, kind of gutting it out and getting back on the horse or getting back on the trail and, you know, hiking and, and just cut, you know, just everything together at that point was, it was a challenge. And, but I, I was, you know, I, I think just you get to the end of it and you're like, damn it, we did it. You yeah. know, um, it was awesome. It was awesome. My, you know, I will, I will do it for the so, rest of my life. Yeah, I was going to say that, that it, it, the sheep hunts that I remember the most from my own career, are the ones that kicked my ass. The ones where I really had to work. Absolutely. The sheep hunt that, and I don't, I don't want to use the word ashamed of, but the the sheep hunt I was least enthusiastic about was, and I have great memories from the trip. Don't get me wrong, because I was with friends and things of that nature. But the sheep hunt I remember the least about is the Oregon Bighorn Ram when I drew the tag and we flowed down the river and there were sheep wading across the river. Mm-hmm. I mean, it didn't beat my ass. The sheep hunts that I remember are like the trips to the Yukon. And, uh, you know, Northern, BC. Northern British Columbia stone hunting and, you know, places yeah. where, you know, that desert sheep hunt where my feet cooked off, you know, like literally there's people who have nightmares about looking at the bottom of my feet at the end of that trip, you know, days of like <laughs> self punishment and, you know, and, and challenge the challenge. Yeah. I remember the challenges a lot, you know, there's, like I said, there's things I remember about yeah. getting my final, uh, you know, my grand slam ram and everything, but the thing that I, you know, the thing that I go back to the most is which hunts do I remember the most, which hunts come to the forefront of my memory and the ones that were the most difficult, the toughest mountain goat hunt. I remember mm-hmm. the most, the, all of them, the toughest mm-hmm. elk hunt. I remember that one the most, you know? And so, yeah, it ever, a lot of what you were saying was resonating with me and probably does as well with Travis. Yeah, Totally. I remember when we did our first podcast and John and I were on and you asked both of us what our, most memorable Steve's outdoor adventures hunt was, and we both mentioned the most physical demanding hunt that we'd been on was our answer to that question. Yeah. Yeah. And my, my biggest, yeah. (laughs) My biggest takeaway from what you just said, Steve is how an amazing guide and a true professional guide, what kind of an impact on your hunt has. That was just screaming to me loud and clear as you started to paint the picture of the sheep hunting. 
um, you know, that's what we do. We connect people to, to great hunts that have great guides and it just makes all the difference in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Being, you know, you were in the field with a guy that's been on, I don't know, two or 300 sheep hunts in his life. You know, I mean, right. the, the number's fairly staggering and it, it, it's rare that you would, any, or it's rare that anyone would get to go in the field with someone with that much experience. Um, I got to hunt with a guy by the name of Danny Moore in Northern British Columbia. And this guy was as rough around the edges as any human being you want to be with, but you knew you're in the field with an ass kicker, right? I mean, this, this guy's favorite yeah. words to me, you know, and I, and I always hate to use the ultra rough language where uh, most of you guys don't know, fuck all, you know, I must've heard that like 700 times. That's a Northern <laughs> British Columbia thing. Yeah. And uh, you know, yeah. I mean, rough around the edges of anything else, but he, you just knew we were going to kill Rams with this guy. And then he tells me when, after I got my Ram that I was number one ninety nine. you know, oh, nice. Yeah. Number one ninety nine. Really? Yeah. yeah. And you know, and what makes that a more staggering number was probably 150 of those were stone sheep. Yeah. And they're not there. I don't know. There's Dan, you know, let's see. Leonard's probably got more than that now, but you know, the, to be in the field with a guy like that, that had that kind of number is the same thing as going in the field with like, you know, a, you know, John Porter, you know, yep. you, you just, you feel the, the confidence that they exude is um, contagious. And, you know, and that confidence is what carries you and it helps you with your mental toughness. And he knows that he knows that if he yeah. exudes weakness for one second, you're going to have self doubt. Yeah, yeah. Doubt starts creeping in. And that's, yeah. and that's so even the, more contagious. The, the last, the last day, I mean, literally I would say this is two hours before I, I tagged out. We had gone to a back bowl and we had seen grizzly everywhere and we counted 13 grizzlies in this back bowl that were, you know, up in the stones, turning over, turning them over, looking for mobs. You know, I think there were like eight different sows with cubs mm -hmm. and we were probably within 250 yards of them all. <laughs> and John wanted to get, he wanted to get in, in, on the backside of a berm so that we could glass up into facing away from this, um, this bowl. And I can remember sitting there saying like, huh, I got 13 grizzly, like in the back <laughs> behind this berm. Like, <laughs> and we're just laying down. <laughs> we're going to uh, glass. Yeah. Grizzly um, bears are cupcakes. And, and he was, <laughs> yeah. Right. And, yeah. and, and, he was as calm as the other side of the pillow, man, or cool as the other side of the pillow. And I, it was just kind of like, and, and frankly, it did the same thing for me. You realize like we're, we're no threat to them and, and they're not going to do anything at this point. And so mm -hmm. we knew the environment we're in, but just, you know, putting that into perspective, then we tag out, we're bringing the sheep back to camp. We're coming across a Creek. And as we're coming up the Creek, he's, I, he turns around and he looks at me and for the first time and the, and the only time he looks back at me, he's like, fuck. <laughs> I'm like, well, that's not <laughs> what I was expecting. Uh, look down off your horse yeah. and I looked and you, you just see nothing but tracks up into our, in our camp. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, you, it, it, a little, a little adrenaline rush. It was cool. Um, man, what you got the camp. full meal deal. Yeah. yeah. Hey guys. That's hey, absolutely. We got to take a quick commercial break, uh, hear from one of our sponsors, but when we come right back, I want to finish hearing about some more of the sheep hunt. We'll talk about hunting mule deer out in Utah. We'll be right back. This segment of the Steve's Outdoor Adventures podcast is sponsored by Burris Optics. Find what matters. All right, we're back here with the Steve's Outdoor Adventures podcast. I'm joined at the table by 
Travis Price from our office. And on the phone, we're talking to Steve Raymond, the founder of Far Wide. He's telling us about this sheep hunt that he went on out in Wyoming you know, with John Porter. And, you know, when we went to commercial break, you are talking about how you guys were riding back. And, and John turns around and looks, says, look down, you know, and you look down and there's all these grizzly tracks, yeah. you know. But, uh, yeah, I mean, continue the story, man. I, I, I mean, I've got this visual going. Yeah. And, and Steve, well, you Steve know, if mean, you can paint the picture, like I said, you know, at break of just like when you spotted the sheep and, you know, how the adrenaline kicked yeah. in in your shot, because that's the part that I'm just waiting to hear. Well, I'll tell you, you know, it's, so actually, you know, as we were sitting there, you know, and, and, and I, and I've got to be honest with you at this point, we had, we had put the bow away, right. We're like in day 13 now. And it's, I'm basically at that point where I'm like, okay, it's rifle season. I've got to, you know, I've only got so much time. <laughs> One little tidbit is my wife is literally, uh, she's eight and a half months pregnant with our third boy at the time. And, and John looks over to me and, and we're literally sitting on this berm. We've got grizzly bears in the back. And he's like, man, it's been a tough couple of weeks. You know, uh, you're going to be able to come back and, and maybe hit this up again at the end of the month. I got, I've got a week open that I could take you. And I said, listen, buddy, as much as I would love to come back and spend the rest of my life doing this, uh, I got a pregnant wife at home. <laughs> and if I, if I go home and tell her that I'm going back to sheep hunt for another week, um, I'll be dead. <laughs> glass so, harder. <laughs> yeah, right. We're, so, keep glassing. You better get on the glass. So, in fact, that's actually what we did. We just, so we got really focused and interestingly enough, um, I'm a, I'm a believer in, in, you know, uh, the universe kind of talks to you sometimes. And we had, we had seen sheep on up on this Ridge and, and we knew, so we knew they were there, but we just hadn't seen anything that was really catching our eye. And then we saw this one and we called them Blondie because his, you know, he was so light in color. And, and I think actually John kind of, um, I, I think he kind of bypassed this, you know, the sheep just because it was kind of like, you know, you're looking for some, you know, you're looking for one of those big rams mm-hmm, got special. Of mass and, and dark color. And I'm like, no, you know what? I think he's a lot bigger than we're giving him credit for. And they said, well, you know, and they, we we're, we're glassing and we're trying to age him, And it's, it's getting, we're, we're getting to that point where we're kind of like, you know, he actually might be bigger than we think we need to get closer and take a better look here. Um, and so, so we actually packed up, get on the horses and, and we start, we start back, um, along a ridgeline and we're, and we're trying to cross over and he comes out into view and we start taking a look and we're like, Oh yeah, no, this is, this is definitely a, this, this is absolutely our sheep. Um, <laughs> he's, he's the first shooter ran that we have seen and we're doing the best we can for whatever reason, the color of the, the, the color is really kind of throwing us off a little bit. And we're trying to, we're trying to count the rings and, and we're getting basically, we're like, you know what, that's a seven to eight year old Ram. And he's got heavy, heavy mass at the base. And in fact, that was kind of what tipped me off. I'm, I'm, as I was glassing him and I'm not an experienced, you know, sheep hunter, but I'm glassing. I'm like, he looks, he looks 
big at the bases, you know, let alone the tips. But you know, he he looks like the kind of ram that um, I would I would cert- I was going to be very happy with. Was he broomed off so, at all? So yeah, so so finally we as we started to get close enough to glass him appropriately, we realized that he was he was broomed off, and that's why we were kind of having trouble um, aging him out. And so, and he was light in color, and you know it's it's a bright sunny day, and so. As we got closer and closer, we closed to within about 145 yards, and we were we were downhill from him, and and it was it was that that this was the moment when I knew. And John looked at me, he's like, "Buddy, that is that is an awesome ram." He's like, "It's totally your call, but if I were you, I know what I would do," and that's all I needed to know. Um, because you know, listen, I'm I'm here with arguably one of the, the best sheep hunters of all time. Right. And I'm, and I, I'm kind of looking for his validation. I'm looking to follow mm-hmm. his lead a little bit. I don't want to, um, and, but, but this guy has tucked himself out, you know, back behind some rocks. Um, so we're going to play a little bit of the waiting game and I am, I am dying inside. I mean, first <laughs> of all, you know, we've worked all day. We're on day 13. Um, you know, I'm, I'm aware of the fact that we're not alone here in this back bowl. And, you know, I'm just waiting for this guy to step out. I just want to make the right shot. Um, how far are you away at this point? So at this point we're, I, I had him, uh, at 146 yards. Pretty close. And we were pretty close. And I was alone as a, he was alone. He was. And, as a bow hunter, you know, the one thing that goes through my mind, I'm like, huh. Cut that I in half. Bow with yeah. me. I, wonder <laughs> I, I wonder I wonder if I can cut the distance, right? Hey, then you heard your wife's voice <laughs> in the background going, shoot him. Right. <laughs> Get your asshole. John's voice. And, and John was like, you better not even, you know, have that thought in your head, buddy. <laughs> you get prone and you, you tag out, sucker. Yeah. And so, um, so we, we had to play a waiting game and it, you know, wasn't long. It was probably about a, a 30 minute wait. And finally he stood up and he walked out and I center punched him perfectly. Nice. He took a step and he dropped and literally rolled down the hill towards us. And it could not have ended. It could not have ended better. Um, you know, frankly, we had, we had worked so hard that to, to get to the end of the hunt, um, frankly, he made it, he made it easier for us, but it was, it was an absolutely gorgeous day. Um, sun shining, you know, you surrounded in, in the middle of nowhere, just feeling like you're on, on top of the mountain and, um, absolutely beautiful Ram. He's, you know, at the end of the, when I took him to game and fish measured out at 14 and a quarter at the bases, he was a seven and a half year old Ram. Um, you could argue that you know, geez, what would this guy be in another two or three years? But for me at that point in time, he was, I mean, he's the trophy of a lifetime for me. Yeah. Cool. Um, Congratulations. Three to go. Thank you. Yeah. You're not in the less Three than one go. club. You know, you know what's interesting about that? <laughs> like I, you, Steve, you're right. Like I, I was totally interested in, in the slam and, and I, I would love, I would love to chase all those Rams and I would love to have a slam at some point. But for me, I'll go back to why I started this in the first place. It's like, I'll take a challenge any, any day. 
Oh, I'm not done kicking your ass yet. I just want to make sure you know that <laughs> there's some, there's some bloody feet and, uh, and lost, you know, waistband <laughs> inches coming in your future. I, I promise you that. <laughs> well, it's funny. Good. You, I'm, I'm you getting, always talk about fat down here in the keys. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's true. I keep forgetting where you're at at the moment. <laughs> Steve, you always, you know, tell people that call in to look for opportunities to go sheep hunting. You, you know, you'll know in the first, you know, a couple hours of the first day, you'll either hate it and never want to do it again, or you're going to, you're a, a born sheep hunter and you're going to want to get all four. Yeah. I mean, sheep hunting is something that a lot of people want to do. And there's a lot of guys out there who have gone on one sheep hunt, but the guys yeah. who go and have the experience like Steve Raymond did, and they realize that it is in their blood and that they want to do it for the rest of their life. There's guys who've been on 70, 80, a hundred sheep hunts. Mm-hmm. You know, those are the guys who got bit hard and they had money because <laughs> yeah. sheep hunting is yeah. not only expensive physically, but it's expensive money wise, or you have to have extreme luck in the draws and which is not me. Or um, live in an area where you can do it all the time. Yeah. Like, you know, Alberta, British yeah, Columbia. Right. Yeah. I mean, but the reality is, is that for most of us, it's expensive both physically and monetarily. And, and it's an addiction when you, when you get bit by the sheep bug, it's, it's awesome, you know, and, 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 and I love every bit of it. And, you know, I guess it, it, it's the, it's the ultimate challenge. You know, one other animal that I'd like to get you out to hunt, Steve is a, a mountain goat. Um, I think you I'd would love to do it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if Canada stays closed much longer, you're going to have to go goat hunting, um, probably in Alaska or something, but yeah, we're the, there's very a, similar parallels yeah. to the, the challenge well, mentally, physically, all that. Well, I was just thinking of this place I know of where when you, you pass the sheep as you climb up to go get a goat. And <laughs> yeah. when you're up there and when you get through getting your sheep, you can actually like look off a bluff and look down and be like, Oh, the down there's sheep country. So, Oh, hold on one second. We lost our caller. We got to try and get him on here one more time. We get him back. Yeah. Sheep hunting is uh sheep hunting is special to say the least. So, all right. looks like we got him back here. Steve, we got you there. Yeah, you got me. I don't know what happened there. Uh, grab your there. grab your fly rod and hold it in your right hand up real yeah, high. Big, You'll get big, better big reception. Long antenna. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, and, and uh, let's let's take that into one other little adventure that you did recently. Uh this past fall, I mean, you guys had cabin fever, COVID, you know, had everybody locked in yeah. and you know, we did that, you know, that call, you know, that Zoom call to talk about far wide business and whatnot. You and John and I and there's kids running by, you know, freaking out and your son came in with like, I don't know, was like chocolate chip cookies on his face or something. And and I could see, (laughs) I could literally see cabin fever written on you and John's faces. And it was like time to get you guys out. And, and uh, you guys went out to Utah and did a mule deer hunt. You know, you've hunted mule deer before, hadn't you? Or was that your first mule deer hunt? Yes, I had. So no, that was not my first mule deer hunt. It was my first mule deer harvest. Oh, okay. You know, growing up in West Nebraska, we had mule deer all the time. Um, so we, it, you know, in that area, you've got, you've got mule deer in the sand hills, and then you've got, um, you know, white tails down in the river bottom. So, but that hunt, <clears throat> that hunt in particular, um, I mean, what a godsend that was, first of all, to be <laughs> able to, you know, so drove out from Connecticut to Utah. Road which, trip. You know, that's road trip sounds like, you know, to a lot of people they are like, that sounds like crazy. Then what are you doing? Why would you get in the car for 30 hours and drive out to Utah? Um, when you've been, you know, locked up in your house with your wife and kids for, 
a year. Um, that's the best 30 hours you've ever had. So <laughs> it was a great drive, you know, and, and we had a, you know, it was, a, so all of it together was a great experience, but I will, I, I can tell you, I have never hunted Utah until that hunt. Um, I've hunted a lot of other places, but the, what, what struck me about Utah, I, I was ignorant in terms of, um, the quality of the animals and the terrain. And what I really enjoyed about it was, yeah, we used ATVs and we hopped around to go, you know, glass and, and, and do those sorts of things. But the terrain was, I mean, it's absolutely beautiful. Um, our outfitters and guides were just top notch. I've stayed in touch with all of them since, um, since we hunted together and, you know, the quality of the animals, just, it, it's outrageous. I mean, um, I tagged out on a, on a very typical, um, muley and, you know, really felt fortunate that he showed up for, you know, day one. So the exact opposite experience is a sheep hunt. Mm -hmm. It was, sure. you know, first morning, first thing out. And, you know, you, you, you find the, the animal that you want to tag out on, but top notch experience. And I, I just kind of fell in love with Utah from the, um, the standpoint of it's to, to me in terms of what you, you know, you, you always hear about Montana or you always mm -hmm. hear about, you know, the vastness of Wyoming, but Utah is an incredibly underrated, um, state in terms of what it offers a hunter, especially big game hunters. Well, and the scenery, I mean, that same place that you hunted, it's incredible. if you were there in late September, 1st of October, when the Aspens were yellow instead of bare, it's, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like mind boggling. Oh yeah. Yeah. The Aspen, the whole Aspen's experience is absolutely phenomenal. And, and, uh, yeah, we'll have to, yeah. we'll have to get you out there one of these days to do one of those, you know, September hunts in the high Aspens because elk, it, it, elk it, too. You know, yeah, well, that's what I mean. You go out there and hunt elk yeah. and the peak of the rut, they're bugling their guts out. I mean, you'll do that this year on a different place in Utah. Um, not quite as uh, scenic and beautiful, but loaded with elk nonetheless. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, those, those are, you know, that the experiences last a lifetime. And, um, you know, when we come back from this next commercial break, I want to talk about how the far white app actually played a role in that hunt. And then I was going to tell you something that's that John had told me about that trip and what far white made him realize what the app actually made him realize in terms of habitat loss, uh, while he was yeah. out there in Utah. So, um, you know, one okay. of the biggest threats to mule deer is loss of habitat yep. and encroachment of humans and, and, you know, like I said, we'll talk about that when we come back from this next break. We've got to hear from one of our sponsors, but there's good stuff to come. We'll be right back. This segment of the Steve's Outdoor Adventures podcast is sponsored by Pendleton Ammunition. Hand loaded, one round at a time. Hey, everybody. We're back here at Steve's Outdoor Adventures podcast. Once again, sitting here at the table, sitting at Clark. Yeah, Clark yeah, again. Sitting at Lake Clark. Uh with my good friend Travis Price from our office, uh, one of our hunting consultants, and on the line we have Steve Raymond, founder of Far Wide, and we're talking about hunting out in Utah. And before we went to that commercial break, you know, I was telling you John told me something about habitat loss and and you know and, and what the Far Wide app showed him, and that was in the area where he took his deer, um, and and I could see it on the video was the sheer number of small tracts of land and subdivisions and home homes and things that were being built and encroaching up on this area where you guys were hunting. Talk to me about that a little bit. What did you see when you were out there? So that was, you know, a little bit of a surprise once we got to, 
Well, once we got to camp, um, you know, there's always, you know, we actually showed up in the middle of the night um, in the dark. And so you didn't, we didn't have a great feel in terms of the train and what was there per se um, until we got up the next morning with hunting. And coming out of, coming out of our, um, our base camp and, and kind of getting on the ATVs and, and heading up into the hills, the last thing I was expecting was to see, you know, I wouldn't say vast development, but seeing the beginning of development encroaching inside this, um, this management unit. And we had come, you know, we had come down on a road, we were circling through, we're, we're, we're glassing the, you know, the hill. And I looked down to my left on a goalie and I'm like, wait a minute, we're, that's the last thing I would have expected to see. We saw there's about an eight home um, development. And, you know, it's, it's, it's exactly bordering where we're hunting. And I can remember, um, I can remember my, my guide, uh, Dave Collum saying, all right. So one of the things that we have to be very, very mindful of is when we spot something, we need to make sure that we are properly set up and in a position to, um, you know, take this animal legally and in a way that doesn't, you know, affect anything in the development. Right. And the reason for that is, is there, you know, people in the development may or may not be supporters of hunting. And, um, I think they've had people in the past that didn't like the idea that there were hunters, uh, in the management unit next to them, um, out or hunting people firing so guns. They're, they're near, yeah, yeah. 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 Right. And All I think, of the above. I think I think their approach was just to do this as um, they wanted to do it the right way. And so at that point, what we realized was if we see anything, we need to make sure that we're hundred percent legal, that we're, we're, you know, um, not just in the right place, but more importantly, that if we make a shot that that animal doesn't run off and end up in somebody's backyard where we have an issue that we, you know, we need to talk to landowner about. Um, well, it portrays you know, hunters in a poor light to somebody who maybe doesn't understand. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so that's, it was, you know, enter, um, enter far wide. And so we pulled out, we pulled out the app, we turned on, um, you know, the private land, public land, uh, boundary information inside the app realized that we had, um, more than enough area, um, to hunt the goal, you know, I, what, what I'll call the, the goalie down to our left. Um, but that we needed to be smart that if we saw any animals down there, which we did, that we wanted to make sure that, um, you know, we waited appropriately to make sure that the animal's in the right position. Um, and so we spent, you know, we spent five, 10 minutes making sure that, um, you know, we had a full understanding of the boundaries, um, and the property lines. And it just happened at that point we saw, you know, we, we had two beautiful animals kind of come in, um, you know, come in sight. Uh, one was the, you know, the, the typical that I shot, uh, four by four typical that I shot. And then the non-typical that, that John ended up harvesting. Uh, yeah. I wondered if that later. was the case. Um, because looking at the video, yeah. I, I thought, wow, that buck looks a lot like the one John ended up shooting later. Yep. Yep. And, and we, 
know, and, and I was actually presented with the opportunity to kind of make a decision on one of those two. And I, and it was a little, I was torn a little, um, both ways because they were both, they're both great animals. Hey, you chose um, the right one. And they're saying, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I think so. But you know, it was interesting. I, um, if it, it was honestly the first time when I've been presented that, that situation, um, with far wide and recognize the true value of what, you know, we've been able to build and, and felt really, really good about not, not just making sure that we had done this, um, legally and ethically. Um, but that then we, we ended up being successful and everyone involved in this felt really good about it. We didn't, there was, you know, we never had to knock on anyone's door. Um, we harvested a, a mature animal. Um, everyone had a great hunt and, you know, on top of it, I, I could credit something that, you know, we've been, been able to build. Um, so totally. it was, it was culmination of a lot of cool things. Well, and the, and the thing I guess I was starting to lead in with there was, you know, if we want this great mule deer hunting to continue, we have to have habitat. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and this is probably semi-hypocritical coming from me because I'm trying to put in a massive rock quarry on the side of a mountain. But to me, it's not very good habitat for anything, but I am, I am trying to destroy some habitat so I can have a rock quarry. Um, but at the, at the same time, you know, we're trying to put the rest of this ranch into a massive conservation easement. Um, I mean, we're going to preserve the best of it in perpetuity. And when I looked at the far wide app video that, that, you know, the video that was, you know, over John's shoulder where he was looking at the steer and he's like, okay, it's on the unit. It's someplace we can go. We can fire the shot safely. We're not going to be, you know, sending a, you know, 143 grain ELDX through somebody's, you know, front window. Um, you know, this is a clean ethical shot and distance, et cetera. But I'm watching this video and the thing that, you know, stuck out to me was the sheer number of small parcels that were down the mountain. And that encroachment in Utah, I'm seeing that more and more, whether you're on the front or you're down South or you're on the Eastern slope. I mean, no matter what, I'm seeing this more and more in Western states in general, of this expansion into wildlife habitat. And that loss of habitat is what eventually is going to, you know, be the downfall of hunting if we don't start doing something about it. And and I just want to take that moment to, I guess, you know, talk about like if you have big tract of private ground and you can afford it, you already need the tax break. Someone should put it in a conservation easement. There's a great tax break for doing that. And it's going to preserve that habitat in perpetuity um, so that 10 generations of Raymonds and Wests and Prices will be on the same mountains enjoying the same incredible experience of mule deer and elk or bighorn sheep or whatever it may be. Because if we don't protect that yeah. habitat, we're, there's nothing we can do about protecting the species. Especially mule deer. And, 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 and a lot of people don't understand. A lot of folks out there that are watching this podcast don't have the Far White app downloaded. And hopefully they'll download it after they watch this. But when you look at the map on far wide, you can go to the private land feature. It'll show you the boundaries of the land. It'll show you where public land is, where private land is, but you're going to get a chance to see the size of those parcels. And, and it's an, it was really eye opening for me when I watched that video. And then I went back, I was there again here last month on a mountain lion hunt. And I popped that app open and I ran around a lot of that country and I was just shocked at how many small parcels there were. Now the big parcels are big. You were on thousands and thousands of acres of private land, but at the same time, 
Yeah. That was, you know, it's encroaching on that and it's got to stop at some point in time. And I'm not anti-development. I'm just anti-loss of wildlife habitat. So I uh, tell you what, we got to take another yeah. commercial break. And uh, when we come back, we'll talk about far wide. Uh, I really want to get in depth with you, Steve, about what makes far wide special, what has created this far wide online community. And uh, like I said, when we come back from this brief message from one of our sponsors, Folks, you're going to hear some things that um, are going to make you want to download this app. We'll be right back. This segment of the Steve's Outdoor Adventures podcast is sponsored by Bergara Rifles, where the people truly make the difference. All right, everybody, we're back here with Steve's Outdoor Adventures podcast. Travis Price is across the table from me. And on the phone, we have Steve Raymond, the founder of Farwide. We've been talking about hunting. And as we've talked about hunting and these incredible trips into the field, we've started to talk more and more about far wide, this incredible app that is more than an app. It's actually more like an online community, a way of life, a lifestyle. And, you know, for anybody out there who has downloaded and paid for Onyx base map hunt wise, any of these other apps that are out there, take a look at far wide. It's free. And like I said, we have the founder of far wide, you know, on the line with us right now. And, Steve, what I'd like you to do is take a moment and tell me to you, what does far wide mean to you or what is far wide and, and why should someone download the far wide app? <clears throat> well, you know, I'll, I'll start, I'll go back to, to something we had talked about from at the very beginning of this, which was um, far wide was born out of um I don't want to say problems, but challenges that I, that I, that I had experienced over, um, you know, the, the past, let's just say 10, 15 years. So small town kid grew up doing this stuff, um, kind of come to age with the internet, if you will, um, you know, proliferation of information and living in large urban settings like Silicon Valley, New York city, and there was a, there was a consistent theme in, in, in everyday life for me, which was I was disconnected from what I would call, um, you know, kind of a, an accrued body of, uh, knowledge or information. Right. So, um, you know, even though I knew exactly how to hunt the Platte river in West Nebraska, I didn't know where in the hell I had to go in Northern California to, to find access for trout fishing. I didn't know where to start in terms of what can I hunt in New York state? Um, what was the public access like? Where, where are my, um, boat launches? Where can I take a kayak out in the bay and go chase stripers? Um, and so far wide is the genesis of basically something where, you know, having, I have a technology background and I've worked in data and information my entire career. And I was trying to solve a problem that I believed a lot of people had, which was, I want to go outside. I want to hunt, fish, hike, whatever. And I want to just be able to access the information or bare minimum connect with people that could help me with that. Right. And far wide, far wide has evolved into my solution for that. Um, I'm a, I'm a proponent of information is effectively or should be, um, 
free or the at least the access to that information should be free and i didn't want to put a paywall up in front of anyone because my belief is that if we protect hunting and fishing for you know for for the future um generations then we're going to be able to protect conservation and and wildlife habitat and at the core you know, we had talked to, we, you know, we talked a little bit about this with the encroachment of development into wildlife habitat in Utah at the core of far wide. And, and what is deeply passionate to me is protecting habitat and protecting the opportunity for people to get out and access bodies of water, uh, pieces of land and enjoy it because that is the foundation. I believe the foundation that Teddy Roosevelt set forth for America, um, so far wide is meant to bring together a multitude of data sets and um, bodies of information that allow people to be able to gain the greatest um, access available to them on a, on a location basis. Right. So here I am in the keys. Um, I have access to a paddleboard. Am I within my rights to go, um, you know, fish anywhere here in, in the Biscayne area, uh, the Biscayne National Forest area, um, or National Park area. And I just wanted to, to know what, are, you know, what's legally available to me and, and far wide should be able to answer that. Right. And so we bring together regulations, licensing, boundary information, access points. And then, you know, more importantly, what we try to do is build a community of followers and experts who can, you know, help spread that information or better inform that information, right? So it's one thing to read um, a game agency's regulations. It's another thing to be able to reference people back on that. And that's part of what we're trying. That's part of what we're trying to build with our online community, which is it's, it's great to be able to show um, a grip and grin. And here's, you know, here's something that I, you know, harvested in Utah and I'm really proud of this mule deer. It's another thing to be able to create a forum where people who have an expertise in a local region can share that with others. And, you know, I've got a good friend that lives in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and he's like, you know, a lot of people, you know, they, they come out to South Dakota and they stay at, you know, a big lodge and they have a great time chasing pheasants, but almost none of them realize that, um, there are basic rules in South Dakota that allow you to, you could rent a car and you can road hunt pheasants in South Dakota. And I can remember, <laughs> you know, that was almost a dirty word in West Nebraska um, growing <laughs> up. It's like road hunt pheasants. What are you talking about? You can go to jail for that, man. Uh, in South Dakota, there are certain um, areas and certain regulations that allow people to, if they see a pheasant along the side of the road and it's within, um, you know, certain uh, boundaries of the road that they can legally get out and harvest it. So, um, to, to me, those are the, those are the sorts of things that we're trying to bring together and far wide. And, and I think we're, I think we're, we're successful in that right now. Um, we're only going to continue to have more going forward and we're going to get stronger and stronger as we build that community and that, that base of people who want to help each other out, um, with information share. Yeah, I mean, we're looking at thousands and thousands of new users on this app, and it's exciting to me to see how much more active they're getting. We're getting more and more act 
active participants on the social feed, sharing information, sharing photos, participating in that. Um, you know, it's funny you bring up that South Dakota thing. You know, we used the far white app to research that area. I went in Montana this last year. What were the harvest rates, bulls versus cows, success percentages? How many of them were six point bulls? Montana, uh, fish, wildlife, and parks, you know, put a lot of information out there that, you know, the far white platform was able to gather and make available on the website. I knew where I wanted to go talk to the, you know, the landowners and operators in that area because we wanted to establish a good outfitter there. And the far wide platform gave me a lot of information before I ever set foot in the field or even made my application to go. And I could see this, I could see somebody in South Dakota going on a pheasant hunt and they're like, wow, there's a lot of pheasants along the road. Let me see if this is legal. Wow. It's legal for me to road hunt for pheasants. Oh, I do need to put down my beer and probably not shoot from the vehicle. But, you know, those things, I, <laughs> right. I can't do those things, but I can do these things, you know. And, and for an app that's right, right on your smartphone, you know, we, we have that saying, you know, outdoor intelligence in the palm of your hand. Well, that means your phone, right? When you pick up your smartphone, this app gives you a tremendous amount of information. And, you know, to look at all of these other apps that are just mapping, right? It's like, oh, you know, why, what, what's the difference between Onyx or base map and far wide? It's like, well, you get the same mapping features, you know, like the, the mapping is the same, but the social feed, um, the e-commerce, you know, that's something that, you know, now with, um, you know, like the Ochico's relationship and the, uh, you know, um, QU relationship and all of these things that are yep. coming yep. online. Yep. I mean, you can shop for your favorite gear on the app. You can, you know, you can share waypoints with your friends on the map. You can, uh, you know, just do so, you know, share photos and meet new people and share information on the app and that, yeah. you know, and I'm going to do something at the end of the podcast day that I have not done yet. I was saving it for this podcast, Steve, and and it's, I'm going to give something away, but we're going to select a winner from the social feed on far wide. So, um, but I'm going to give right. away, yeah, I'm going to give away some pretty cool things and, it's going to, once again, it's only going to be given away, you know, on this, on this far wide social feed. Um, you know, it's, it's just, it's become awesome. a special place, a great, you know, it's a great community where, like I said, you can meet like-minded people, learn a lot of information. It's just, I really like, you know, today I went on and, and just searched elk hunting in Oregon and it brings up all the units and it even says if, if, if hunting season is, is going on then and all kinds of crazy stuff to your point, we, we live in certain different areas throughout our lives, or maybe we have someone that moves and they're looking for some help or whatever. It's, it's crazy what you can right. learn just at the palm of your hand about an area that you might not know anything about otherwise. Yeah. Just the, the amount of information. Yeah. yeah the yeah. amount of information. And for any of you out there that are watching the podcast, you know, this, this podcast and all of my podcasts are going to also be available to watch, you know, on the far wide platform. Right. I mean, yeah. Yeah, and hopefully we can get about 50 or 60 podcasts to join us on there and just become another, you know, digital media. You can watch our television shows on the far wide platform. You can watch Elk Camp TV on there. There's lots of videos on there. It's 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 just a great source of information and entertainment and and, it's, and an actual tool that you can use every day. So, well, I'll tell you what, let's do this. So we, oh, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, yeah. Steve. Well, I I one thing that I'm going to add and, you know, so far wide is what it is today. We, we know where it's going in the future and I'll just kind of tease this out. I will tell you that we are currently working on something that is 
is potentially going to help change um, hunting and future hunting and fishing for the future. Um, we hope to have it launched in in the fall, and I think it's going to provide an opportunity when we when we talk about access and we talk about opportunity for everyone, regardless of where they are in the United States. We're working on something that we believe um, is going to change the industry, and, and so stay tuned because oh, we have that's exciting. Okay, yeah, co- yeah, we're, we're, we're code name game changer. You know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's messed up to to leave us hanging like that. <laughs> oh well, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So, so, well, well, really messed up. At least one of us has been in the far wide meeting, so I, you know, I mean, I'm excited about it. Yeah. I mean, I've been I keeping, no I've idea. been keeping a lid on it. I, I mean, honestly, I've been like keeping a lid on it. And and trying to keep it you know as, as secretive as possible because you you know you don't want certain things like out. but yeah you Steve I'm excited for that when that launches this fall it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty special so well, I'll tell you what I got to do one last commercial break when we come back we're gonna yeah. talk about uh, giving some stuff away we're gonna talk about the upcoming hunting season and uh, we're gonna cap this show off the right way so we'll be right back after this short commercial break. This segment of the Steve's Outdoor Adventures podcast is sponsored by Marathon Seat Covers. We've got you covered. All right, everybody, we're back here with the Steve's Outdoor Adventures podcast. Travis Price sitting here with me. And uh, on the phone, Steve Raymond, the founder of Farwide. Uh, you know, we've talked about all of the great features of Farwide and this incredible uh, community that that you've started online. I, I and I want to thank you for allowing me to be a part of that far wide movement, you know, um, to be a part of this, at, right you know, on. I mean, let me, you already had the pyramid built. I feel like I'm just putting, you know, helping you put a last few couple of bricks on top, <laughs> you know, um, it's exciting times. And you know, that the social media, uh, age that we're in right now, you know, that we look at Facebook and Instagram, you know, Twitter, they're censoring, right. Um, there's a lot of bullying that goes on out there. I know a lot of women who hunt are bullied online. If they post a photograph with, you know, a dead animal, God forbid it be a lion or a zebra or, or something that makes people sad right. or a giraffe or something along those lines. But, you know, the far wide platform, you know, in that social feed, you know, to me, that's really important for people in the outdoor community to take advantage of, you know, yeah, you can share photos on Instagram and places like that. But if you want to share photos with people who think like you and want to participate in things like, you know, that, that you participate in, if you want to share things with people that actually, you know, care, you know, use that platform. And, and so, I don't know, I was calling this the, you know, this area up here, I call it my dojo, right? It's my studio. We've got the podcast studio. We've got a television studio up here. Um, but I, I, I always joked and called it my dojo, like, welcome to the dojo. Well, in order to build all of this up here, I had to clean the dojo, right? The dojo was a damn rat's nest. And, and over 20 years, over 20 years in the outdoor industry and, and filming television, the one thing that's common is that all of these manufacturers out there like to send us stuff, mm-hmm. right? Like they're always sending us gear. Product. Oh, man. Or, I mean, we've had so many sponsors over the years that, you know, they'll send us way more than we could use and and – and so I have boxes and boxes of stuff up here. And what I'm going to do is now starting all of these podcasts moving forward at the end of the podcast, I'm going to select one of these items and give it away. Right. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to post the image of that on the far wide social feed under Steve West, my own personal name. Uh, and 
I'm going to give it away. And in order to win this item, all you have to do is obviously you have to have the, the far wide app, uh, you know, go to that post, find, you know, my, my feed, follow the feed and then comment on that feed. And then what I want you to do is I want you to take a screenshot of it and save it to your phone and then post it to your Facebook and Instagram account. Share this with your friends on these other restrictive censoring uh, social media pages and share it and say, Hey, check this out. I entered to win this. I'm participating in this far white community. I'm a part of this, you know, something special that's taking place right now in the outdoor community. And it's called far wide and share that with the hashtag far wide outdoors. Now I'm going to go and, and we're going to take all of the people who comment on the posts, you know, week after week, item after item, and we're going to, you know, draw a winner, but we're going to make sure that they shared that post with the hashtag far wide outdoors on their pages. And if that was the case, then they're going to be certified and they're going to win. Now this week, I'm going to have a whole bunch of winners because I have 50 volume one and 50 volume two Steve's outdoor adventures, DVDs, man. These are old school, man. These are like like collector's items. Oh man. Big time. And, um, (laughs) anybody that wins, if they want it, will autograph the, the cover for them. Uh, but the, these are like old school. These were filmed before high definition came out. I mean, because who has a DVD player? I mean, dude, I mean, there's some stuff on here that I haven't looked at for years. I mean, back in the guiding days, I mean, there's some video on here that's classic, but there's also some badass stuff on there. And and so these are some videos that are like a memory lane trip for me. Obviously, I've been blessed to do something amazing my entire adult life, and that is hunt. And going to the woods and, and yeah, I've had those boat anchor camera guys follow me around <laughs> for, you know, a few decades now, but it's been some, it's been an incredible way to make a living and I have some incredible memories and these DVDs are a trip down memory lane, but they're also a way for me to share that lifetime of experiences with others. So uh, we've got 50 DVDs to give away and I'm going to send those out to 50 winners uh, on the far wide platform. So look for that post. It's going to go up simultaneous to when this video and this podcast go live. And I'm excited to do a giveaway week after week. I've got Garmin GPS, Rose Rhino radio GPSs over there. I've got power belt, muzzleloader bullets, gunpowder. I mean, yeah, I'm actually going to send some people. One of my favorite, you know, at some point I'm going to post this Jim Shockey's, you know, gold is, is, is muzzleloader powder that, that, that pioneer mm-hmm. uh, powder that those guys sent me a whole bunch of that. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I guess I didn't use it because I ended up being sponsored by, you know, IMR and the white hots, but I've got all of these, you know, just mountains of stuff over there. And I'm going to start giving this stuff away. We're going to clean out the dojo, man. It's my yard sale, so to speak, but it's a yard sale. This. Yeah. I'm yeah. giving it away free. Right. Yeah. I mean, and so it, we're, we're going to, yeah. I mean, but it, not only do they get a chance, you know, everybody who does this to win, they're going to have, you know, in the palm of their hand, the the most important thing of what we talked about today is, is the far wide app. So, Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Download the app. Um, Steve, in closing, man, what else can you contribute to this incredible podcast today? Just what would you like the viewers and listeners to, to know? You know, well, first of all, I want to actually, I don't know if I've formally thanked you um, for being the kind of partner you've already been for us. Um, we feel blessed that you and everyone at SOA, John Sullivan, you know, 
we wouldn't be where we are right now if you guys hadn't come on board and um, partnered with us. So thank you for that. I'm going to tell you a little story. I first moved to San Francisco out of college, and <clears throat> I can remember watching your show on TV, and the very first show that I saw of Steve West Outdoors was your Oregon um, sheep hunt. And I had this, I don't know if I think of it as a premonition or a thought, but I'm like, there's something, there was something about watching you on TV. And I'm like, I have this feeling that our paths are going to cross someday. And I, I tell my wife this all the time. I'm like, man, sure as hell. I, you know, (laughs) I don't know how, but literally like, I I feel like, you know, 15 years ago when, when all that happened, um, yeah, I don't know if it's 15 years ago, but um, it was a long damn time ago. (laughs) Right. Um, but I, you know, I, I think the general gist is this, we are very excited about far wide. Um, I love having you guys as a partner because I think we think the same way. And I think also the conservation is important to you guys as it is to us. And that's what, that's what we're pushing with far wide. We want people out look, if you're a fisherman and and you don't hunt, that's cool. If you're a hunter and you don't fish or it doesn't matter. We want people outside, um, enjoying and participating however they, however they see fit. Um, most importantly, we want people to know and recognize that we believe conservation is what is going to continue to uh, protect and help, um, our natural, you know, our wildlife and natural habitats flourish. And we're here, we're here to help be a steward of that going forward. So, um, we just feel blessed to be a part of it and and try to help as much as we can. Yeah. I I think it's a a dream partnership, honestly, Steve, and I'm looking forward to many years of, of working with you and growing this incredible far wide platform. Um, the online community, me too, buddy. Yeah. I think that the far line, far wide community is going to be around long after you and I are gone. My, my biggest takeaway from having you on the call, Steve, today is that, you know, I can probably speak to a lot of our, our viewers and listeners today that me personally, I like to, to be a part of, or, you know, back up or, or speak loudly for things that I believe in. And it's really refreshing to get to know you as a person. Cause I didn't know you before today. Um, and what you represent and, and your why, you know, why behind the what of the far wide app and you're, you're doing it for the right reasons. Thanks, yeah. You're doing it for the right reasons. And it's really easy to hear you speak about it. You know, you're, you're very down to earth and, and it's easy to support something where it's coming from the right place. And uh, I'm glad I got a chance to meet you today as I'm sure our viewers are as well. Thanks Travis. I appreciate that. Yep. Literally this is, this, this is for outdoorsmen. There's no doubt. This was built for, this was built for the, you know, all of us. Well, I mean, it's free, right? So obviously we're not in it for, (laughs) you know, we're a partnership doing it for others. For the money. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, Hey, we've got to call it a show today, man. We've been, we've been on here for almost an hour and a half. That's my longest podcast to date. And, and it's just because the conversation was so fantastic. And, um, you know, Steve, I look forward to our continued conversations about far wide and the exciting things we have coming up and, for any of you out there that don't have the app, get it downloaded, check it out. It's free. There's no risk. Put it on your phone, iPad, check it out online at farwide.com and become a member of this amazing community. 
Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for joining us at Steve's Outdoor Adventures podcast. We'll be back with another exciting episode very soon. The Steve's Outdoor Adventures podcast is sponsored by Farwide, the game-changing free app that puts outdoor intelligence in the palm of your hand.